Bruce Claggett in for jazz. Thanks for being with us as we closely watch the local states of emergency that are in place for West Kelowna, West, uh, the West Bank First Nation, and even some areas to the north of the city of Kelowna. In total, about 2,500 properties under evacuation order. Another 5,000 properties are under evacuation alert. We did have a chance to check in earlier with Mike Burley, the head of the Downtown Kelowna Business Association, and ask him about, he lives in West Kelowna, whether he has been personally affected by this fire. Uh, yeah, we live uh, in West Kelowna. We live uh, not too far, as a matter of fact, right across the street from the Two Eagles Golf Course. So we're far enough away from uh, the McDougal Creek Fire that it doesn't affect us from an alert, an evacuation alert perspective or uh, being evacuated at all at this point anyway. Uh, hopefully it doesn't grow that far because if it did, that would be a disaster. So we can see the fire from out in front of our house. The smoke yesterday afternoon, mid-afternoon, was amazingly high and thick and uh, took a couple of pictures of it just to... Uh, show some family back east who keep reaching out, hoping that we're okay. Uh, our son, however, does live up near the fire, and he was in the first wave of evacuations yesterday at about 5 o'clock. Wow. Is his home still yeah. okay? Does he have any indication of what sort of damage, if any, there is? Well, we uh, I asked him that earlier, uh, and he was looking on his webcams because they still had power and his Wi-Fi was still running. Uh, but uh, he said the house was fine at that point. But since then, now the webcams have gone down, which probably means power's been shut off or, I don't know, perhaps a fire's burnt through a power line in that area. He, if I'm down at the bottom of Bernard Avenue here in Kelowna and looking out across the lake, he would live right uh, below where the fire line is right now. Now, Mark, you're very well connected in the community in the Kelowna area, the greater area. What are you hearing from others? Have you heard of people losing their homes or even worse? Well, we haven't uh, learned of any loss of life at all. Naturally, all of us who live here pay attention and watch and listen to the updates that are done by uh, you know the regional district in conjunction with the court emergency, as well as uh, the two fire chiefs in the area, uh, they there have been structures that have been lost. We know that for sure. Lake Okanagan Resort is no more; it burnt to the ground this morning, and uh, but we haven't heard of any loss of life. But there are certainly uh, some structures lost. Traders Cove, which is a little boating cove where a lot of boaters will go and tie up to mooring buoys. Uh, most of the houses there have uh, been burnt down. There's pictures of those available online. That's horrible. Yeah, it's, you know, in 2009, we had another fire in West Cologne, of which my wife and I were evacuated. We lived in a different spot then in what's called Glen Rosa, uh, and that was scary. This is scary all day like as the wind shift it changes this morning it was believe it or not sunny and you could stand at the bottom of bernard look across the lake see where the fires were and that now you can't see that or we're socked in with some smoke and most events are being canceled we here at the downtown Kelowna association 
had actually uh, we had show and shine, which was supposed to happen tomorrow, which is a car show. Uh, we've canceled that. Uh, music in the park in West Kelowna was canceled yesterday. The Parks Alive live entertainment here in downtown Kelowna on weekends has been canceled. And the airport is now closed so that they can allow for the firefighting equipment to fly freely to put the fire out. Mark, let's pick up a little bit on that because tourism is so important to the Kelowna area. It's not that big a city that uh, you're so diversified you can ignore it. But uh, one mm-hmm. of the things is, is it's August, and that should be a time every weekend where people come in. What are you hearing from those who may be members who are saying, hey, Mark, uh, this is going to be devastating, or we could bounce back? What are you hearing? Well, you know, I just uh, did my walk up and down Bernard a little while ago. Uh, most of the businesses uh, in Kelowna, believe it or not, were used to the the smoky thing. This one is a little bit scarier, though, because of the magnitude and the size. And it feels slower today than it has at any point in uh, the summer so far. So, you know, hopefully uh, this doesn't last too long and it doesn't discourage too much from tourism but we won't know until after once Tourism Kelowna has done their data collection. Uh, but I would imagine we have quite a few people who've made reservations, whether it be at hotels or Airbnb, who are canceling those as you and I speak right now. Sure. Tourism aside, uh, what about other businesses? Are you hearing any impacts right now? No, we haven't. Honestly, it, Bruce, it's, it's kind of early. I mean, it, this really started going last night, uh, yesterday afternoon, late, uh, and then throughout the night, and it was worse when we woke up this morning. So businesses will stay open, uh, hopefully for the people that are downtown or in the area of wherever those businesses are, unless they're close to the fire, uh, which isn't happening yet. Anything else that really strikes you as something that we should know about in Vancouver, if we're either heading up to the Okanagan, specifically to Kelowna or West Kelowna, or if we have friends or relatives in the area? What should we know? Well, you know, everybody is safe. Everybody has been evacuated. So if you have family or friends here, I'd suggest just reaching out to them directly, whether it's through a phone call or through text, just to check in to make sure they're doing okay or if there's any way you can help. At this particular juncture, um, you know, it's there's they haven't closed the city down. They're not stopping people from coming to West Kelowna or Kelowna. As uh, just be ready for some smoke, because that's just the way it is today. And I imagine it's going to be that way because it's quite windy today, and we have a thunderstorm warning in effect right now. Well, midweek things took a turn for the worse in an already bad fire season and around the province we're seeing some notable fires in some areas right now today heading into the weekend some smaller fires include one near boston bar that has highway one closed off and on in that area we also have a fire near carameas along highway three and that has evacuations too and then there is this one the fire that grew by six times overnight last night in West Kelowna, we're talking about the McDougal Creek wildfire. It's now 70 square kilometers in size, 
And then there are some smaller fires on the other side of the lake near the city of Kelowna and just to the north. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a concern to say the very least when you have things like UBC Okanagan being evacuated, buses being brought in to take people from the campus, many of them don't have cars, and make sure that they are off and out of the area. The Quail Ridge Golf Club also being evacuated, and there are some losses, some impacts. While most of the Lake Okanagan Resort has been destroyed, the Broken Rail Ranch that offered trail rides, that's been destroyed. And some animals from that ranch, luckily, fortunately, appear to have been saved. The Kelowna Landfill, also known as the Glenmore Landfill, is on fire This afternoon. And when you think about those landfill fires, one only has to wonder if it's going to be days and weeks beyond the regular wildfires before they get that under control or out. Also, there are houses around Trader's Cove right down by the lake that are destroyed. That is some of the destruction. We're still looking for some of the people impacts. We don't have any word this afternoon on any injuries or even worse. We're still waiting for official word on that. But of course, there is that other side. Many of us consider our pets to be members of our family. And when it comes to wildfires and evacuations, We can't overlook the fact that we have to do something about gathering up pets, which may not be all that terribly easy, and making sure that they are also part of that evacuation plan. Well, A.L. Lichtman is the CEO of the Regional Animal Protection Society, and A.L. joins us now. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, Thanks, Bruce. Really happy to be here. Well, happy to be uh, with you, and... This is not necessarily a great situation, but you have good people working with you. Tell me what's happening in terms of wraps and uh, the evacuation of some of the cats and others, uh, animals, pets. So over the last couple of days, we received calls from people uh, up in the area that are experiencing the wildfires, um, asking us if we can assist them in boarding cats. Uh, Raps has the largest cat sanctuary in Canada, here in Richmond, B.C., and we have excess capacity available to us to help uh, the people of Kelowna. Actually, we can help anybody experiencing wildfires anywhere, Um, and we're happy to take on those cats and board them for us. It's not the first time that we've done it, and yeah, we're available uh, to assist with um, boarding, with health care and nutrition, and medication uh, for each and ev- ind- each individual cat that, that comes to us. It's, it's a big undertaking, but one that's really important. We can't forget about the people, but we also have to remember that they also have the animals, as you said. Yeah, it's great that uh, people like you are standing by and that uh, there is a system for helping cats, especially when it comes to shelter. That's in place now. Have you had your services be used so far? Uh, Not yet. We have in the past. Um, This one is uh, brand new. People started calling us over the last couple of days. So uh, we have mobilized our entire team to be expecting this when they get the call to actually evacuate and have to get out of there. 
So what have you told those team members? What will the plan be if and when this actually happens? So we have one of the uh, largest um, animal hospitals in uh, the Lower Mainland. It's one of the largest not-for-profit animal hospitals. So uh, we're gearing our team up here to expect animals, especially um, if they've got burns or smoke inhalation. Um, uh, That's a lot of work to prepare for. And then, of course, all the sheltering and uh, making sure that we have everything set up uh, with cages and areas for the cats and that we have enough food and medication on hand, all of that. So it's a big undertaking. Big undertaking, but as you said, this is not your first My Words Rodeo or Cat Rodeo, as you may want to put it. Uh, What have you learned from the past experiences with wildfires of the injuries and things that uh, you listed? What are the ones that are most concerning? Well, um, our mission is to help animals and their people, and really it's dealing with people's expectations. That's the biggest part, right? Uh, Animals are are just very, very grateful anytime that you're giving them care and loving, but it's the people's expectation of of what's going to be done, how their animals are going to be cared for, their members of their family. It's not unlike putting a child into children's hospital and wondering what's going to happen and if they're going to receive uh, the proper amount of care, right? So those that's the biggest part to deal with is is the anxiety and the expectations of individuals and our team is very very professional and very very experienced in dealing with that going over some of the comments from earlier today when we're talking about the west Kelowna and Kelowna wildfire situation well jason broland who is the chief of the west Kelowna fire department said that the mcdougall creek wildfire was exponentially worse than expected. And yeah, it grew to what stands today about 70 square kilometers in size. That's in West Kelowna, other side of Okanagan Lake. And you're looking at Kelowna itself and areas to the north going all the way up to the university, uh, UBC campus. And uh, you see that there are evacuations in place because of even more fires, spot fires breaking out in the area. By the way, Broland also said that the first responders became trapped yesterday around West Kelowna because people failed to heed the evacuation warnings as that McDougall Creek wildfire advanced very rapidly right toward where people live. He described that as the worst nightmare. Interior Health is the health authority in the area, and Interior Health says so far... There are no significant increases in respiratory illness right now for people, but upticks would not be unexpected given the low air quality that remains around that area. That's for people. And we've been talking about pets because quite often they get overlooked a little bit and understandably when you're dealing with evacuations. But they are members of our family, and especially when you're talking about things like cats, They can't necessarily be rounded up very easily at the last moment. Well, before the break, we were talking with A.L. Leichman, CEO of the Regional Animal Protection Society, and he's still with us. Thanks for staying with us. Tell me a little bit about, and I just kind of alluded to this before the break, but tell me a little bit about how you prepare the volunteers to talk with people who have been through crisis. 
Yeah, that's uh, not an easy thing to do, and and thanks, Bruce. But um, the way that we deal with it is, um, you know, it's a lot of listening. We're not professional uh, counselors or anything, right? But we are very, very good at dealing with people and their animals. Um, And we just walk them through the process um, and let them know that uh, we're here to assist and that we have a lot of different resources uh, that we can bring to the table uh, to assist them, including at this time, you know, if you've lost uh, some of your belongings or whatever, we have thrift stores, which are very economical, that people can buy from. And, of course, we have all of the services available to, to help their animals um, as best as we possibly can. You said uh, before the break also managing expectations is something you have to deal with. What do you mean by that? Well, when it comes to health care for your animals, people can uh, get very, very emotional because the animals are part of their families. And so it just takes a lot of expertise in dealing with people to manage the expectations of what can be done, if anything can be done, and what the outcomes can be because you're dealing with health care and there's no guaranteed outcomes at any given time. So we have dealt with tens of thousands of individuals and their animals um, and the animals can't speak for themselves when, when getting the health care. It has to be their owners that are, that are speaking for them. Um, and, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a balancing act uh, between the owners and caring for the animals to make sure what's best in, for the animals is, is getting done. Now, cats are cats, and cats will boot it out of an area if they see some, some sort of danger, which makes it very difficult to reunite them with their owners at times. How do you deal with that? Well, we're hoping that they're tattooed or chipped and that we can reunite them uh, with their own own owners. And if we can't, um, if they don't have that, then we do the best that we uh, possibly can. But at least people can uh, know that they can come to us because we have Canada's largest cat sanctuary um, to come and check out to see if their cat has been brought to us, if they've been separated from them. Yeah, Lechman is the CEO of the Regional Animal Protection Society, also known as RAPS. We're talking about uh, preparations for the wildfires, specifically the ones this afternoon that we're talking about in the West Bank or West Kelowna now, as it's referred to, West Kelowna and Kelowna areas. Got to ask uh, the most obvious question, how do you get funding for RAPS? So our funding is strictly based on or mostly based on donations. So we ask, you know, the public to help. Um, This situation is definitely probably going to put us into a negative cash flow so we could really use the help of the public. Um, But no matter what, uh, we're there to help. It's our mission and we have to do it. And if people can go to uh, rapsbc.com, R-A-P-S-B-C.com, to help out, that would be great. Um, And they can also learn about us. And we also have a a TV show so they can check us out on Pets and Pickers to see how we operate. Um, Yeah, and that's the best way that uh, people can help. Or they can donate stuff to our thrift stores so that we can help families in need as well. It is a regional animal protection society. Thanks to A.L. Lightman. Thanks for spending time with us this afternoon. Uh, thank you, Bruce. We really appreciate it. There are fires of note around the province, but the one that we're talking about today, this afternoon, is the West Kelowna massive fire 
that's burning up in the hills just above and uh, threatening some of the areas around there. And uh, 2,500 properties under evacuation order for West Kelowna and West Bank First Nation, along with parts of the city of Kelowna or just north of the downtown area. And about 5,000 properties under an evacuation alert. That fire is significant. The big concern right now is the wind. That wind has been changing constantly and really difficult for firefighters to get a hold of what's going to be happening next. So let's get the very latest update and go to one of the reporters who has been closely following this, Kimberly Davidson is an anchor and producer and reporter for Global Okanagan and joins us now. Kimberly, thanks so much for being with us. Absolutely. What do we know right now, just in terms of the size of the fire, the McDougal Creek fire on the uh, west side of Okanagan Lake, and then the other fires burning in the Kelowna area itself? The uh, McDougal Lake fire is somewhere close to 7,000 hectares. Um, That was the last time it was mapped. The fires on the east side, I do not know how many hectares those are. Um, There's sort of a lot of little spot fires burning on the on the eastern side, uh, and they're in different spots. So the the Glenmore landfill is on fire, and then that fire has now spread to the end of... um, of Glenmore at the corner of John Hindle Drive. It looks like there's structures that might be threatened there. So it's it's moving so quickly and there's little fires popping up so quickly that it's hard to get a handle on size right now. Kimberly, this morning when we came into this, we started to realize just how bad last night was, and especially with what happened in West Kelowna and some significant loss of uh, some structures in the West Kelowna area. What have you heard so far? What are we losing in that area before we even get to Kelowna itself? Right. Well, in West Kelowna, I've seen the footage of several um, structures that you could just see going up in flames. They were, uh, there were supposed to be a, a count today, but the firefight is, is going so hard today that they just haven't got in to, to make a count. And we may not hear how many structures were lost for several days. We're still hearing about those homes and uh, people get anecdotal information, I guess. As you say, we may not hear for days. So it um, comes to almost rumor and conjecture, I would imagine. What's the mood like from the people that you've heard from? Oh, as you can imagine, I mean, if you would be watching footage on television and, and thinking that that might be your home, or is it is it just one that looks like yours? I mean, this is a, a very emotional time. And I can tell you that nobody feels safe right now. Um, everyone feels vulnerable, even people outside of the evacuation alerts, because it's just moving so fast and fires are just sort of happening everywhere. I know that uh, areas as far away as the Rutland community in Kelowna have their hoses out in case the embers fly towards them. It's interesting you say that because this morning I was having a conversation and that was uh, with, well, my partner. And uh, she said, well, it's just West Kelowna. And I thought, well, that's maybe the case right now. But what if things get worse? And we found out that things did get worse. 
And we even see that evacuation of the campus just north of uh, Kelowna. I know the area, uh, the UBC campus is uh, up by the airport on the other side of the highway. The students there that live on campus uh, in August, still going to classes, they're being taken out, aren't they? Yes, uh, absolutely. The UBCO was evacuated today, and um, I think that evacuation is over. That The UBCO is very close also to the landfill, which is on fire right now. So, yeah, the Glenmore landfill. Tell us uh, whereabouts that is, and I'm also hearing there's that golf course, and I'm not so familiar with the area. So what is the area, what are some of the landmarks in that area that people here in the lower mainland might really kind of be able to associate with? Okay, so this would be the northern part of Kelowna. Um, and then the the land, if, if you know where Glenmore is, if you were driving along Glenmore and you, and you got to the landfill, a little bit to your um, west from there, and I would say only about half a kilometer, that's where UBCO University is. And uh, Quail Ridge Golf Course is also right in that, you know, you could, you could see it from there. That's all, all the same area that's been evacuated. Now, and then the, the alerts from that fire have expanded as well all the way into the city, um, yeah, like further down into the city, probably about three kilometers in. What's going to happen tonight in terms of resources? What are you hearing? How are people gearing up? Do they think that there may be some relief? No. No, firefighters have said that they do not expect any relief anytime soon. It is still very windy today. Um firefighters, the um, West Kelowna fire chief said he was expecting tonight's firefight to be as difficult as last night. And the trouble with nighttime firefighting, too, is the air resources have to be pulled off. And then that's where things get very scary. Well, all the best to you and your team. I know many, uh, yourself and many others uh, living right there in the area, also have to look at their own personal uh, lives in addition to carrying out a very difficult job. So thanks for sharing some time with us, Kimberly. You're welcome. We've been taking a look and following some of the progress or some of the concerns with that giant wildfire in West Bank and the evacuation and states of emergency for West Kelowna, the West Bank First Nation, and parts of the city of Kelowna itself. In particular, this afternoon, we have learned that UBC Okanagan is being evacuated. Just before the break, we had a talk with our reporter just outside of, uh, well, in Kelowna itself, on the opposite side of West Kelowna, talking about what's happening with some of the fires that are north of Kelowna and in that area around the university campus. That's a concern. That's where you've got buses taking students away from the campus and off of that piece of property, which is quite large. You also have many residents around there, a golf course of note around that same area. All those areas right now are being cleared out as we're dealing with another fire. Well, Tom Wilson is the BC Wildfire Information Officer for West Kelowna, and he has been dealing with the fire that really grew in size overnight, and, uh, well, six times 
in size. And that was possibly the worst news that the fire crews could have received. Because right now, my last count, we'll get a little bit of an update. It's about 70 square kilometers in size. That's not good. Tom Wilson, thanks for joining us. What is the very latest? Uh, well, we're actually right in a meeting now, just trying to get a, a an assessment of how the day has gone. So we're, uh, you know, thankful that the, the winds have are supposed to die down a bit tonight because that's been the, the, the driving factor between the, the fires happening and spreading. So, you know, we've got a lot of evacuations orders in and more are coming. Uh, we've got... So uh, as of midday today, we had 8,659 people evacuated and another 5,300 on alert. So, and and these numbers are already outdated. We've done hundreds of more evacuation orders and alerts since then. So, yeah. That's over the course of this afternoon, uh, more evacuation orders and alerts. Why is that? What's happening right now? It, it's just like the the fires shifted. It was going north, and then it's shifted south, and so there's a lot of really populated areas that are, you know, in the path if if it were to take off again. So yeah, the the alerts are in place so that people can make arrangements, and uh, and we don't have everyone leaving at the last minute. So. Tom, I'm going to touch on some very difficult questions here, and you may or may not have some answers for them. But do we have an idea of the loss of any homes at this point uh, confirmed, and do we know how many? We don't know how many, but yeah, we can confirm some structures have been lost. The problem right now is the smoke is so thick, it's difficult to even get an aerial kind of assessment of what's going on. So uh, yeah, we're, you know... Kind of waiting for it to to dissipate the smoke, and uh, um, but yeah, there's definitely been some some structures lost, and we'll we'll know more in the in the days ahead. The other thing that we're looking for, and possibly even a more difficult question, is what do we know about some of the rescues of the people that did not heed the evacuation orders that were reached by rescuers in West Kelowna? Uh, was there any loss of life? No, not that we're aware of at this point. But yeah, you're you're right. There was some scary moments for for the residents and the people rescuing them, and some had to be evacuated by boats. And and uh, yeah, it kind of puts other you know the the firefighters and other you know emergency people in in a you know delicate situation. And and uh, yeah, it's uh, you know that you're. They don't issue these evacuation orders lightly. They're there for a reason, and uh, yeah, we wish people would heed them. Absolutely. Puts the lives of people in the area uh, themselves at uh, risk, but also the rescuers, those who are doing really great efforts, uh, puts them at risk too. What about uh, the other side of that is we hear from time to time stories about uh, drones in the area, people trying to get a look at what's happening. Obviously a very dangerous situation, Heard that this summer and heard some rumors about that happening this week. Have you heard anything more about that? I haven't My in my role. I know that um, uh, the smoke is so thick, I don't think they'd, they'd get to see very much anyway. But, uh, but yeah, even, um, you know, we considered using one ourselves just to try and get a, an assessment of the damage. And it, it was no, no use. So hopefully, you know, 
people are wasting their time or, you know, getting in the way of, uh, you know, well, BC Welfare Service aerial, you know, efforts. Tom, I can hear in your voice, and I know I've heard you before on air, and uh, and I could hear that you're kind of breathing heavily. Is it tough? Can you sense the smoke right now? How are people dealing with that? Yeah, it's it's definitely, you can, you know, feel it, see it, smell it. And, uh, you know, I don't know how everyone else is, is dealing with it, but, you know, we've been, we're in the, in the, in the emergency operations center here. And, um, you know, we're not, we're avoiding the outdoors as much as possible. So I think, yeah, the air quality is, is really, really bad. Well, I don't want to take you away too long from that meeting that's underway with EOC and trying to, uh, figure out exactly uh, what the update is, but when might we find out more information? Do you have any idea when it could be released publicly? Yeah, I'm going to say tomorrow morning at around ten ten thirty. Okay, and that's understandable, given as you say the amount of smoke in the area and some of the challenges with it. Uh, Tom, thanks so much for spending time with us, and all the best to you and your team. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for being with us on a Friday afternoon, heading into a weekend which is going to be one closely watched by those who have interest in the wildfire situation in West Kelowna and parts of the downtown Kelowna area and areas just north of the city of Kelowna. As the fires, the wildfire, the McDougal Creek wildfire continues to grow And also some of the spot fires continue to pop up and grow in areas around like UBC Okanagan, the campus, where students this afternoon are being bussed off the campus and away from any sort of danger. We do know the evacuations are growing and the alerts are also growing. So the numbers are changing constantly. I want to get a bit of a handle on just the scope and nature of what's happening this afternoon. Calvin Hector is a reporter with AM 1150 in Kelowna. He's joining us now. And Calvin, thanks so much for spending a little bit of time and helping us understand exactly what's happening. I know it's not easy. Uh, Thanks for being with us. Yeah, no problem. And and it is definitely a situation that I don't think anyone expected to happen so quickly and you're right about things just changing uh very quickly as well i know and as a reporter you have one job and as a person living in the area you happen to have a bit of another and i want to touch on both but let's get uh pull back and let's get a bigger picture on what we know so far about not only west Kelowna but what's happening around the city of Kelowna itself what do you know so, of course, what started as the McDougal Creek wildfire, which was just uh, really only in the West Kelowna area, uh, unfortunately jumped late last night over into Kelowna, and that has caused a portion of Kelowna, of course, to be put under evacuation orders and alerts, too. And to add to that insult, with these winds, it pushed the fire as well into the Lake Country area. So earlier this morning, Lake Country had to issue evacuation orders and declare a local state of emergency. So in the last 48 hours, we now have West Kelowna in a state of emergency, Kelowna in a state of emergency, and Lake Country joining as well. So it is a very, very big fire, uh, at least in the West Kelowna side, and it has put over the lake um, 
in spot areas as well on the other side of Lake Okanagan. Calvin, for the uninitiated, I'm going to give my best job at a bit of geography lesson and certainly correct me as uh, as you come back here. But when we talk about the Lake Country area, those are the areas around Duck Lake and I guess even up to Wood Lake and uh, the airport itself. And then on the other side of the highway would be uh, UBC Okanagan. How close am I? Yeah. Yeah. So essentially you have uh, Kelowna ends kind of where the airport is. And then you go past, push past there. To the left side is Lake Country. To the right, you have Winfield. And kind of wedged in between there near closer to the airport is, of course, UBCO. So that fire has pushed up through the Kelowna area. Um, it has actually hit the landfill, uh, the Glenmore landfill. Uh, employees had to evacuate earlier today as, of course, a big piece of infrastructure for the area, for sure. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, some of the flames have reached that area. It's just it's just tough all around because the question is, which way do you go if you're evacuated? Do you head towards Lake Country on Highway 97? Uh, because Glenmore Road, which has been shut down because of this fire in Kelowna, is normally uh, an extra route if you're trying to avoid the highway. And now that's unavailable. So if there was another big evacuation to happen, do you go that way towards Lake Country? Uh, you can, of course, go the other way through West Kelowna, uh, head towards Summerland, Penticton, Peachland area. But if that fire, the McDougal Creek fire, starts threatening more of West Kelowna, then it's it's a bigger question of where do you go. I know the numbers that I've been working with are now out of date, and they've been updated a little bit, casually at least. Do you have any idea how many properties in total are under evacuation alert and evacuation order? It's, it's in the thousands. And again, with just the fluidity of the situation, the staggered evacuation orders, alerts being extended periodically, um, it is really tough to get a gauge of, of just the sheer number of homes evacuated people. I know in an update this morning at about 10 a.m. local time, uh, local officials that included the West Kelowna Fire Chief, Jason Broland, said that there was over 2,500 uh, people affected at the moment, but I'm sure that has just grown exponentially. And at the same time, the question, how many homes have already been affected? How many have succumbed to this fire? Have any lives been lost? Uh, also numbers that are just aren't available right now as fire crews are trying their best to get people to safety. And, and it sounds like they've the fire crews, emergency personnel, have done a good job at making sure there haven't been any official lives lost but it's it's just a big number that uh, we'll have to wait until until this all settles down we're talking with calvin hector he's a reporter with am 1150 in Kelowna about the situation in Kelowna, north of Kelowna, lake country and of course what started this all off was the big mcdougall creek wildfire that grew by six times overnight and that's in the west Kelowna area now calvin um Got to take a look at uh, some of the impacts here. Some of the ones I've heard of destroyed. Most of the Lake Okanagan Resort destroyed. Broken Rail Ranch, which is a trail riding facility, destroyed. But the animals have been saved. The Kelowna Landfill or the Glenmore Landfill is on fire. And also houses around... Trader's Cove destroyed. Now, I know geographically I've jumped around a little bit there. But what has been saved? Critical infrastructure in the Rose Valley neighborhood that's uh, at the edge of West Kelowna. That was the case earlier. 
That included the fire hall, a school, and uh, a $75 million water treatment plant. Do we have any updates on things that have been saved or things that are now gone? Yeah, and that goes with uh, what was said this morning. And, and, the, and, and unfortunately, that's the only update we've had from officials all gathered in one area. I, I believe there would be one later this evening for a briefing before we hit the uh, night hours. Um, but just exactly what you mentioned, as far as we know, that's what's been protected. Uh, and along with the details of what's been burnt, uh, it just sounds like until, again, this fire has run its course or, or crews have been able to push it in a, in a better direction. Uh, they're not going to know exactly what the extent of the damage is. And it's going to be tougher moving on, getting a, a picture like that as the smoke yesterday was kind of split uh, with it being more of a big cloud going directly up into the sky and kind of pushing uh, towards the Lake country area, kind of pushing more Northern uh, but it has settled today just with these surrounding fires and visibility is not great. So it, it's it's going to be tough for anyone to kind of see the extent of the damage. We're dealing with an unfolding situation happening now, still growing those wildfires, as we've heard in not only West Kelowna with a big McDougal Creek wildfire that grew overnight, but also happening in Kelowna itself or just north of Kelowna and Lake Country. Calvin Hector has kindly agreed to stay with us. He is a reporter with AM 1150 in Kelowna. Now, Calvin, uh, I say this with my hand over my heart. Thank you indeed. I understand that there are concerns for maybe even your own home. Yeah, so thankfully over the the process of this, um, my community itself in West Kelowna hasn't been put under an alert or order as I'm on uh, kind of the opposite side of Highway 97. I do face Lake Okanagan, but in the opposite direction from where the fire uh, is pushing. However, they have started extending evacuation alerts to this side of Highway 97. And just as a precaution, I told myself if that were to happen, because the line was kind of holding on that highway, and now that the alert has crossed the highway, I, uh, I'm just being extra cautious. Time to load up my car and, and make sure I get what I need and uh, and go stay with uh, people in a safe spot. As you make those decisions, I know that you have to watch uh, closures, and those closures can come at any moment. You could actually be at your home and not able to make it to those people you want to stay with. How are you dealing with that as a reality? Well, uh, just knowing how the roads are around here, in particular where my house is, I've just made a backup plan. And of course, I mentioned earlier about you got to choose. Do you head towards Lake Country or do you head towards Kelowna? If you're in West Kelowna or do you go towards Penticton the other direction? So, of course, I have a plan A and plan B because if Highway 97, for whatever reason, gets closed around the bridge area uh, that connects Kelowna to West Kelowna, then I kind of have my hand forced to have to go towards Penticton. Um, so it, it, it's just, I, you just got to be fluid. It's, it's a tough thing to deal with, but having a, a plan A and a plan B, I think, is uh, of good use, especially with limited uh, roadways in and out. Now, you went into work today or working with a the team there at AM 1150. Have you heard from any team members, and I don't need their names or contacts or anything like that, but have you heard anyone that really fears that their situation is so much worse than your own? 
I'm very thankful that a lot of the other coworkers I have that are on the west side uh, are also in similar areas like mine that haven't been placed under an alert or order yet. However, I know we're all anxious and and of course on on a knife's edge to make sure that we are prepared if uh, if and when that may come. And so, of course, that's why I'm at home right now, starting to pack up. And uh, so my other colleagues have have left the station. I'm sure they're also at home doing similar things, making sure they have plans. And uh, I mean, as soon as I'm packing up, I'm going right back to the station as it's just such a fluid thing, more evacuation orders and, and alerts being in place. Well, Calvin, you're a trooper and you're doing a really good job. Radio is so terribly important when it comes to wildfires and situations like that. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. I appreciate you having me on. We do know that the airspace around Kelowna International Airport is closed to allow firefighting equipment to tackle some huge fires that are burning tonight and are going to continue to burn probably through the weekend. This was a tough afternoon after a terrible evening last night and the overnight hours for the West Kelowna McDougal Creek wildfire that grew six times in size and is still burning out of control with people watching the wind direction. We do not know how many structures have been lost, or we do not know how many people have been impacted directly by injuries or even worse from these fires. But we do know that there has been massive losses all over. Late this afternoon, we started hearing more stories of places like UBC Okanagan coming under an evacuation order. That means students, many from the lower mainland, who were at the campus, living on the campus, had to be moved out. So transit in the area took them out. Extra buses brought in to do that. We also do know that there is an evacuation underway for parts of Lake Country, so that's like Wood Lake, Duck Lake, and the whole area on the other side of the highway around the airport itself. Here is what Cliff Chapman with the BC Wildlife or Wildfire Service, BC Wildfire Service, said earlier today in terms of people needing to evacuate when they're told to do so. Our priority right now is human and responder safety. As Minister uh, Ma referenced and Minister Ralston referenced, we have had a couple incidents of people who have have not adhered to the evacuation orders that are in place. And on a couple different instances last night, we had to send RCMP, fire department staff, and our own staff back into evacuation order zones to try to get people out. That puts their lives at risk. Obviously, the people who choose to stay's lives are at risk and has a, a, a significant toll on the mental and physical health of our staff and those that are there trying to get people out of the way of fires that are very unpredictable, moving extremely fast at rates that we rarely see in British Columbia. Again, I want to encourage everybody, now is not the time to ignore an evacuation order. We need you out of your homes. We need you out of the way so that we can focus on trying to protect those homes and trying to steer the fire away from critical infrastructure and property. I want to thank everyone in BC for your continued support of our staff on the ground, uh, being welcoming to the work that they are doing, thanking them for the work that they are doing. You have no idea how much that means to the people that are out there working countless hours trying to 
put an end to what has been an extremely challenging fire season. Thank you very much, and I will throw back to Minister Ma. Well, that was Cliff Chapman with the BC Wildfire Service talking about some of the evacuations last night. And, of course, not all areas, in fact, most areas around downtown Kelowna were not part of the evacuation, but still you could see the smoke and a lot of people are very much aware of what's happening right now. Redbird Brewing in Kelowna hosted a band last night, and G Sharp is the lead vocalist and guitarist for, for that band, Road Waves, and he performed The Show Must Go On, even though there was smoke all the way around uh, in the area. He's going to join us now. G-Sharp, thanks so much for being with us. Tell me about uh, the decision to continue to perform, even though this fire was taking place. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> first of all, thanks for having me on. Um it was so we started dealing with the smoke a couple of days before when we played in Kamloops and we played outside and the show still happened. So, you know, uh, we're not from BC, so we're, we're just trying to go along with the locals and, and most people seem to be like, not okay with the fires, but, but uh, kind of just prepared for it as best as you can be. So when we got to Kelowna, uh, they, you know, we asked to, to maybe play inside. So at the very least, we weren't inhaling all the smoke. But uh, shortly before we started, uh, the wind picked up and kind of uh, pushed all the smoke away. So it became a clear day and we decided to just go on with it. But, uh, you know, little did we know that, that the wind was picking up the fire even more intensely. So by the time we were done, uh, it was getting pretty bad and it had hopped the lake at that point. And, uh, on our drive back to West Kelowna to sleep over the bridge, we saw like a crazy amount of fire. It was pretty intense. Now you were staying in West Kelowna, which is the heart of that, uh, bigger fire. And that must've been somewhat frightening. Did you have to clear out? Were you part of the evacuation when the gig was over? No, luckily we weren't a part of the evacuation and neither were the people who we were sleeping at. Uh, they were past, just past the highway. So there was a mountain in between the fire and their house. Um, but there, like, there wasn't even food at the event because like most of the kitchen staff was on evacuation notice, so they couldn't even be there. That's still quite something to live through. At any point where you sure. kind of, um, not knowing the area, not knowing the province all that much, were you afraid? There was definitely some moments where I was afraid. I I, uh, I seem to deal with those things better in the moment than I do later on. You know, today I've noticed some tension in my body, but during those moments I'm pretty calm and collected and just trying to go with each moment and and make sure we're you know, follow, uh, keep following online for official statements and making sure we're not putting ourselves or anyone else in danger by, you know, distracting them with me, rock and roll. Well, sometimes you also need that to put yourself at ease. Thanks so much for sharing your story with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's Bruce in for Jazz on your Friday afternoon. Now, Todd Talbot is the host of HGTV's Love It or List It. And you've probably seen the show, and if you are a follower, you'll know that uh, an A-frame, a certain special A-frame, is kind of like his dream home. Unfortunately, and here's where the story gets a little bit sad, we think, 
Uh, that home is being destroyed by wildfire. Let's bring in Todd and take a look at this situation. Todd, um, bring us up to date. Well, um, I'm standing here in Revelstoke because myself, my wife, and our two kids uh, were evacuated last night. Um, and uh, so we've left the region. Um, and we're actually staying at a friend's place in Revelstoke. But we got news this morning. It's, it's hard to understand exactly what's going on because there's, there is information out there. And then there's a whole lot of um, hearsay and, and also gaps in the information. So you're trying to piece this together. And I think one of the tough parts was um, having to be separated from your home. So many people are in that position right now. And you just simply don't know. Um, you're trying to like message people all over the place and try and get some glimpse. We did get video confirmation, unfortunately, this morning that our entire bay, all the homes there, have been completely destroyed. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a very bizarre experience. It's sad and emotional, and you're thinking about other people and you're thinking about yourself. And yeah, it's tricky. Todd, it's all of those things. And, you know, uh, one fire or one area is getting a lot of attention this afternoon, and that's the area around Kelowna and West Kelowna. But there's so many other parts of the province that are under evacuation orders right now, whether it's in Boston Bar or Karameas or parts where you are, that we forget that this is a terrible situation that's uh, hitting not only B.C., but even many parts of the country. How you do hear you f- about it? Yeah, yeah you, you hear about it on the news, and and I've been in evacuation notices. Um, and yesterday, honestly, we didn't think that this fire was going to cause the devastation that it has and continues to. But it was kind of the perfect storm with the cold front moving in, the winds picked up, which was devastating. And I was at our place. The Rebecca and the kids had left. I was watching the smoke changed color above the mountain right behind our house moving from gray to black to then orange as the flames were coming over the hill and then four pickup trucks come rifling down the driveway lights blazing saying you've got to go and then you're then you click into something else you know you're trying to make sure that your neighbors are out um, hooking up trailers so people have places to stay and it gets very real very fast. We're talking with Todd Talbot, the host of HGTV's Love It or List It, talking about a very personal story, the loss of his A-frame dream home, I guess. That's fair to say, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it seems funny to talk about. I mean, we've I've spent the last three years, you know, putting my heart and soul into this, really trying to, ironically enough, try and create a home, a passive house that was resilient enough to stand up to something like this. Um, we weren't quite finished. We were 90% of the way. Um, and so it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's heartbreaking to, to lose that and, you know, having put so much time and energy into it and so many other people helping out along the way as well. And, um, you know, and just to see my neighbors who have been there for 30 years and watch their home go up in flames, it's, it's tough. Well, there is tragic irony in this, and let's not ignore it. Uh, You were building a home that was respectful of nature, and it was Mm -hmm. nature that claimed it. Tell me about that. Well, I mean, I think we could see the trends moving in the direction where we need to start being conscious about how we're building more, as well as 
building in resiliency for our homes to be able to deal with smoke in the air, to be able to deal with forest fires. Unfortunately, when they come through with the force that they have uh, last night and today and continue to, that there's not much that you can do. Um, you know, I, I was really hopeful that this would be a showcase for for <clears throat> showing people what's possible. Um, we got a long way. Uh, we didn't quite make it to the finish line, but, um, you know, it's, it's really hard to stop your mind from thinking forward and trying to figure out, you know, well, what do we do now? And, and the, other, the other thing is just the landscape. Like, it's completely devastated. So I just, I, I don't know what people are going to do. Um, I don't know what we're going to do. And, and um, it's just, it's affected so many people in the, in the West Kelowna area. And then it jumped across the lake. I mean, it was just, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, your story is one of many, but it also shows that some of these situations are very real. They're stories of impact. You must have had a difficult conversation with your family. Run me through some of that. Well, my kids have probably taken it the hardest. I mean, both of them were in tears. Each one of them has kind of a different reaction. I, I wasn't prepared for this conversation, but, you know, my daughter wants to talk about it a lot. Um, my son doesn't want to hear about it at all. And both of them were, were crying. They're 12 and 13. And, and understandably, they, they actually feel bad for me. They've, they've, you know, said that repeatedly, you know, the amount of time and energy and work that we put into it. And, um, yeah, it's so, yeah, it's, it's tough to work through that with them. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what our next step is. You know what? Um, father to father, husband to husband, my heart goes out to you. I can only imagine. I've never had that type of conversation with my family. And quite frankly, I hope I never do. But I could only imagine that it is very difficult. And uh, it also goes to show that kids can be so brave in asking you and turning it around. And I just have so much yeah. admiration for what kids can end up doing in situations like that. But yeah. um, there's got to be next steps and yeah. that's important. And there's got to be optimism, not just for you, but for so many other people in your situation. Where do you go from here? I don't know. I don't know if anyone knows kind of at this point where you go from here. But what I can say is that um, the heartening part of all of this is our kind of greater community and the amount of messages and support from strangers, from people that we know. I know that's not only for us, but for everybody. People are posting on social media, offering homes for people to stay in. And that kind of rallying together to help people through I think is the energy that, you know, gives people hope and um, shows that we are a community. And, you know, sometimes we get isolated in our little bubble and then something like this uh, happens and, and people step up. And I know that there will be opportunities for people to get more involved. I don't know what those look like at the moment. Um, but, you know, if people have capacity, I'm sure they're going to step up and, um, you know, offer that to people. And, and I know that's happened to us. People are we're amazing. At, we're staying at our director's place. I've loved her listed. See, there in, you in go. Yeah, People we're, are we're amazing. Here tonight. They are. They and are. and uh, that's where you start to find out, uh, wow, uh, somebody did that for us. That's cool. And maybe that's the bigger thing in life. Todd, thanks so much for uh, sharing your story with us. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for reaching out. And, and uh, you know, I'm 
our hearts go out to everyone else who's going through this. It's, it's affected so many people. And as you say, all across the province and country. Thanks for listening to the Jazz Joe Hall Show podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can always listen to the Jazz Joe Hall Show live Monday to Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on 980 CKNW and connect with me on Twitter at Jazz Joe Hall BC. Talk to you next time.